0: Amen, amen. Hey, you are in for a very special treat uh, today. We have a very special guest with us. When I was 13 years old, I went to a youth event and I heard this man speak for the very first time, and I couldn't stop laughing. I don't know about about you when you get around funny people. I told my wife I have a good friend; he's so funny. Every time I'm with him, I get an ab workout because late at night I lay in bed. I'm like, "What did I do? I stretched." I'm just laughing so hard. So you're about to get an ab workout today. One of the funniest men that I know. And and he's a, he's a, a father, two young ladies. He's a wife to his beautiful wife, Tanya, 33 years. Forgive me. He's a husband. Forgive me, my friend. He is a husband. He's a man's man. He's on a mission from God. He's an author. He's a great communicator. He's done a little bit of everything in the local church, from planting to serving other pastors. I'm going to ask you give a huge, stand on your feet, give a huge IFC welcome to my friend, Lee Wilson. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah. Let's give God praise before you sit down. Father, we thank you. We praise you for your word, Lord God. Let your word be alive today. Let your word minister to everyone who is present and everyone who is worshiping with us, Lord God, by way of stream. We just thank you, Lord God, for a great outpouring of your spirit upon this place. Let our ears be open to hear. Let our hearts be open to receive all that you have for us in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We honor you, Lord God, all of you and none of me in Jesus' name. And I just pray, Lord God, that we will just uh, learn from you and just be ready, Lord, to be launched into that that you have for us in our everyday life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat, praise God. Well, we're so glad to be here with you, myself. uh, I guess my husband right there on the front row. (laughs) I couldn't let it pass. I just had, that's how I'm wired. So. (laughs) Uh, My wife, Tanya, she is honestly my best friend in the world. My morning sunrise, my evening sunset, peanut in my Snickers bar, sugar in my Kool-Aid. Sweetheart, let's stand up. Everybody can see you. Just wave your hand. Thank you. We are just thrilled to be here. What a wonderful time we have had here um, at, at this incredible church. Your pastors, thank God. Give your pastors a hand. So love them. I love them so much. And we just, um, you know, he says, uh, it just makes me every time I cringe when he says, I heard him when I was 13. I'm like, what? <laughs> wow, wow, wow. It just feels, I, I feel sometimes feel like I'm still 13. So just for you to actually have heard me when I was 13, And here I am still doing it, praise God. Thank you so much, Pastor. Uh, Today, we want to just share the word of God with you. I believe God has given us a word uh, for you. And and this is uh, second service. So what I was told that they save the best for last. So today we want to talk about loving God on purpose. I know everyone, a lot of us, and a lot of people here love God. But are you loving him on purpose? Are you loving him intentionally every single day of your life? It is important because we live in a country, people in a culture, and people are wondering what's going on in the world. You know, And I've said this myself as we look at the pandemic and all of the craziness that's happening in our culture today, around the world, in our nation, things that are happening, and the way people are thinking and the actions that people are doing. And And people say, what's going on? Let me tell you what's going on. We're in the last days. That's what's going on. You see, we've been preaching it hearing it, watching movies on it, you know, about the last days and when it was going to happen and what the, you, you know, the end times was going to look like. And we've talked about it and preached about it, but I don't know if we really were ready for it because we're in it right now. And, the, and, and that's not a time to be afraid. That's not a time to, to, like, you know, be scared and like, oh, my gosh, what I do. This is a time for us as the body of Christ to rise up in God. And this is why loving God on purpose is so important in these last days. Because when we love God on purpose, it brings him to be real in these last days, to hurting, to those who are lost, to those who are confused, to those who are searching for identity, searching for who they are, searching for purpose. It happens when God's people love him on purpose, and when we do that, God fulfills our purpose. We're living in a culture that's consumed with success, consumed with understanding, want to, want to know my vision. So we're Googling it, and we're, 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 you know, we're getting life coaches, and we're, people are going to a, a astrologers and palm readers and doing everything they can to kind of find out their significance. Yep. We've all been guilty of this, sitting at the Chinese restaurant and opening up that fortune cookie <laughs> and just hoping Hoping something in that fortune cookie will just help me make it to the next day. Give me some kind of identity and purpose. What my purpose is. And every now and then something will come out that, that, that maybe like I can, I can see that. But most of the times that's not, that doesn't happen. Here's what God wants me to say to you. That he has a better plan for you. And it's not found in a fortune cookie. His plan is found in his word. And your future is found in his word. And the Bible tells us what our purpose is. You see, so many people try to figure out what their purpose is. But your purpose, we all actually have our number one purpose for every believer. We all have the same purpose. It's found in the book of Matthew chapter 22. And when you read this, we've read this many times, but we don't look at it and identify it to the way that I believe God wants to speak to us about it today. And it's this, in in Matthew chapter 22, it says in verse 36, teacher, they asked Jesus, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the laws of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, or we could say it this way, this is the first and greatest uh, promise our purpose for us. Your purpose is to love God with everything you have. Your purpose, young person, is to love God with all your soul and all your heart. And when it says soul, we often don't know what that means. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says that we're, we're spirit, we have a soul that lives in a body. And so we often spend a lot of time focusing on the spirit. But listen, the Bible says we have a soul, and the soul is where your emotions are. The soul is where your intelligence is. It's where your will is. It's where your imagination is. And so think about every single day that I'm loving God with my imagination first. I'm loving God on purpose in my thinking, in my dreaming, in my speaking, in what I'm seeing. That helps me to really focus my life, and I know that's my purpose. If I don't know anything else, I know that today my purpose is to worship God. Today is my purpose is to love God. Today is my purpose to represent Jesus at work and represent Jesus when I'm driving in the traffic. And not complaining about the traffic, not complaining about this car. I had a car that I didn't, listen, I had a car that didn't, wouldn't, you know, this car was so raggedy. I'm telling you, this car was so raggedy. And I remember complaining about it. But the Lord just began to put in my heart, bless me and thank me. Before you get the car you really want, bless me for what I put you in. The car was so, I'm telling you, this car was so raggedy, it would stay on when I took the, when turn it off and still stay on. You know, anybody know about them kind of cars? And the car would just, the car would just, it wouldn't stop. It just wouldn't like, it didn't, it felt like it didn't want to turn off. So I I turned the car off and then it started backfiring. Like, as soon as it would turn off, it would be like, uh, boom. So like a bomb went off. So I, I was, it was embarrassing, honestly. So I get out the car running. I get out the car, turn it off, take the keys. I run because I know it's about to be a big explosion and people think a bomb is about to happen. And so that thing, like, boom, and I'm like, I ducked down with everybody else. And they're like, man, what's going on out there, man? What's happening out there? And I remember complaining about that old dumb car. But I started thanking God. I started understanding that God had a purpose for me. So in my imagination, in my conversation, in the things that came out of my mouth, I began to speak the word of God. And I began to say, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that my gift make room for me and it brings me in the company of great men. I thank you, Lord, I'm blessed going in and blessed going out. And everything I put my hands to shall prosper in the name of Jesus. I thank you that I'm debt-free in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. I'm one of the most sought-after communicators in the world in Jesus' name. I begin to, I begin to line my confession up with the purpose of God. You see, God's purpose is for you. And the reason why uh, uh, some people don't know their purpose is because they're trying to find their purpose into something else. And God is saying, I have a greater purpose for you. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. "They are plans for good and not for disaster. So stop right there. If there's anything in your life right now that's happening in your life and it's not good, that lets you know it's not God's plan. If you're experiencing disaster in your life right now, it's important for you to know, why is this going on? That lets you know right there that's not for God because God says, My plans for you are good. Come on, everybody say, Father, I thank you for the good plans in my life. <laughs> say, I thank you for the good plans over my family. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now give him praise for that right now. <laughs> if he says, my, he says, the plans are for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So if you're walking around and you're thinking, I, I have no hope, that lets you know right there. That's not from God. God is speaking hope into you right now. I prophesy over you, let the hope of God come on alive on the inside of you in Jesus name. That's somebody wanting to give up, but I just want you to know that the purpose that God has for you is on the inside of you right now. I speak hope and life into you. You are more than your past. You are more than your, your problems. Hallelujah, glory. You're even more than your present. And here's the other beautiful thing about the purpose of God. That what's on, the purpose of God is not for you. It's for you to bring purpose into someone else or something else. And one of the reasons why it won't open up, it has not been because you've been holding on to it for yourself. You got this idea, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. And God says, the moment that you realize that what I placed on the inside of you is not for you, but for someone or something else, that's when he's going to release you in that purpose. This battery right here in my hand, this battery has a purpose. I can try to make its purpose uh, uh, maybe a weapon, and we get one for temporary. I can throw it and hit somebody if I want to hurt them. I can say, well, this, the purpose of this battery, uh, I can uh, uh, put this battery to hold something on the table, or, you know, or I can even try to stand on it. We'll see if that really will work. I don't think so. <laughs> but inside of this battery is so much purpose, so much power. Inside this thing that's holding in my hand. But the power and the purpose that's inside of this will not operate. It's not for itself. It's to be put into something else. Like this flashlight. See, this flashlight needs the purpose of this battery to be placed on the inside of it so that it can function the way it's supposed to function. You see, God knows that inside. See, you are the battery. And inside of you is the purpose that God wants to take and put into somebody else so that they can shine and do what God has called them to do. Is anybody going to preach with me this morning or are you going to let me do this by myself? Because I will. You're not an accident. Matter of fact, I said this way that 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 inside of you there's a God ordained purpose for your existence. And it's not about how long it takes. That somebody said, I've been waiting, and I've been waiting for years, and I've been doing this for years. When, God, when? It's listen, it's not about the you know the destination, it's about the journey on this way. There's some things, that's reason why you're not married. God knows you're not ready. You think you are. You think you are. You feel like, oh, my gosh, I can be married right now. Yeah, I know that. But there's a reason why, you know, you say, I've been at this company for so long. When am I going to get a promotion? There's a reason why. There's a test. There's some things that God is saying, listen, you're, 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 there's a journey you're on. Everything that God creates is for a reason and a purpose. Even you look down to something like a snail. I think about a snail. I did some research and found out that a snail, a snail moves two feet per minute. Two feet. It takes a snail uh, to to reach 40 feet. It takes a snail an hour to do it. But a snail doesn't give up. A snail knows that this is not a marathon. I'm going to do whatever I can to get to that 40 feet. And... I'm, I may have to stop here for that, but I'm not going to give up. You see, some people don't want to be the snail. God said, you're the snail right now. Your purpose is in the snail movement, but don't give up. You got, listen, you got 30 feet left. David is one of the best examples of loving God on purpose. David was appointed king as a teenager. He was the last of everyone. In a matter of fact, no one, they didn't even think that he had what it took. And so they went through and, 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 and looked at everybody. But, but, but the man of God says, no, there's one more. Bring him. Uh, he says, I have a son. He's out with the sheep. And he brought David before them. And it says, he is the one. He's appointed king. But you want, I want you to understand something. David was appointed king. The purpose of God was appointed in his life as a teenager. But he didn't take the throne until he was in his 30s. Until his 30s. And we get into this mentality where we want to rush God for his purpose to be manifested in our life. And, how, and what God is saying, here's your first purpose. Worship me. Love me. Seek me. Pray to me. Get in my word. Be faithful in your church. Serve when there's no titles. Serve when no one's looking at you. Serve when nobody knows who you are. Let that be your purpose right now. Uh, stay with the sheep. Let people call you. Be their airmen boy. See, David was the first Uber. People don't realize it. He was the first Uber. He had to take food to his brothers while they were out there fighting. He was Uber Eats. (laughs) And I'm listening to somebody right now. You're driving Uber. You're doing all of those things that you can. And you're upset and you're disappointed. But don't give up. I'm telling you, God has something for you to do. David was not perfect. As a matter of fact, David messed it up many, many times. But God knew that he could trust David. God knew that David loved him on purpose. God knew that David loved him regardless of all the, 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 the challenges in his life. And then look what God did in his life. Jeremiah 32 and twenty thirty-nine says, That I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever. Our number one assignment, our number one purpose is to worship him, to love him on purpose. He says, this is for your own good and for the good of all their descendants. Listen to me if I can't say to moms and dads, let me just speak into your life right now. Your purpose is to love God on purpose. And when you love God on purpose in front of your young people, guess what they do? They grow up to love God on purpose. They grow up to serve God and, 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 and have integrity. When you, when you have integrity before your kids, and let's say we're going to trust God, we're going to pray over our food, we're going to be tithers, we're going to be givers, we're going to serve in church, we're going to go to church. That's what you're, you're raising up, and the, your descendants, it's good for you and your children. I didn't understand. Mom made us go to church all the time. I did not understand and didn't like it. Me and my brothers and sisters, we always got to go to church. And it was amazing to me. She always made us go to church, her and my dad. And I wanted to ask so bad, Mom, Dad, if church is so good, why don't you go? (laughs) How many know I didn't ask her that question? I just like, (laughs) we got on the church bus and went on the church. But then we kept going, and we kept going, and we kept going. And it was at church. I, I, would give, I gave, and I love that this, and I'm going to say this to young people, don't be a, uh, upset when your parents make you go to church. I, pa- I'm thankful for, for, for parents who pushed their kids to go to church. Mom made us go to church, and it was good for us. Even though I didn't understand why she wasn't going at first, she ultimately started going. She started serving God, living for God. But I know, listen, there are a lot of things you don't like about your parents and our young people. My parents make me do things like go to church, make me read my Bible, make me want to know what's going on. Listen, thank God for parents that love you and care for you and what's going on. God created you with a purpose, for a purpose. And what's in you is not for you. It's for somebody else. Here's what I know. December 29th, 1965. At 9.27 a.m. in Houston, Texas, at Herman Hospital, this amazing man that I never met in my life, Dr. Graham. uh, Excuse me, Durham. Dr. Durham gave birth. He was the doctor that brought me into this world. And that day when I was brought into this world, God knew at the beginning of my time he had put his purpose in my life. I have one picture from my childhood as a baby that I found. I'm going to show it to you. One picture. That's me. And even back then, I had God's purpose on my life. It was on my mind. It was inside of me. I couldn't even talk, but I'm thinking, God, I just know there's something on the inside of me. So I'm going to act like it's so, even as a baby. God, purpose for your life was established before you were conceived. 23 chromosomes from your dad and 23 chromosomes from your mom came together to make who you are. Your DNA is so extant. God is so strategic. that This will prove that you are not an accident. Scientists t- say it would take 96 years to read the identity of your DNA. You are on purpose for a purpose with a purpose. And your birth is the very evidence of the purpose of God. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're no accident. You're here on purpose. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, anybody going to preach with me right now? Anybody going anybody to celebrate with me right now that I am on purpose? Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Glory to God. Here's the deal. If you are not you, then there will not be a you. You've got to be you. God put you here to be you. Because you are a battery to the light of somebody else. Glory to God. I I, I just feel, I really feel like running, but I'm not. (laughs) But if I'm going to develop that purpose, I can't get it from the world. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God. Everybody say, "Let let God. It says, but let God transform you don't he didn't say let don't don't let the world transform you don't listen. There's no man that's going to transform you. There's no woman that's going to transform you. There's no job that's going to transform you. There's no career that's going to transform you. There's no president that's going to transform you. There's no congressman that's going to transform you. There is nothing that's going to transform you but God. That's what I love about one of my favorite cartoons growing up was Transformers. As a kid watching Transformers, it was just a cartoon. And I always, me and my friends will always like imagine like, what would it be like if Transformers were real? Like real life Transformers. And they came out with that movie years ago with Transformers. And I'll never forget sitting in the theater with my friend. And the first time they, when, when that movie was like, like real, I know it's not real, but let me just imagine that it was, okay? <laughs> It wasn't a cartoon anymore. It was, like, it was like in real life, and I will never forget in that movie, when the first Transformer movie came out, and Optimus Prime began to transform. And you begin to, like, oh, my gosh. Optimus Prime is real. He just transformed. I'm telling you, God is doing a transformation on the inside of you. Listen. If, listen listen if you start hearing uh, 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 just go with it just, God transform me come on somebody say God transform me <laughs> I am Optimus Prime <laughs> whoa Pastor you did not lie when you said second service I'm telling you if you can't preach here you just need to turn in your preacher's license. <laughs> My gosh. But let God transform you into the new Optimus Prime by changing the way you think. Then you will learn and know God's will. Not only is he telling you this is what I should do, he's giving me the answers to the test. He's literally saying, listen, let uh, let him transform you. You'll know his will. And let me just go ahead and give you the answer to it. What's his will? Uh, Which is good and pleasing and perfect. Oh, my gosh. He's giving me the answers to the test. When I was in school, listen, I wasn't the best student. I wasn't. And I used to like to sit next to the smart people, people like my wife. Smart. And I'd like to sit next to them because they knew the answers. Couldn't stand smart people in school because they're always covering up the, uh, their paper. <laughs> I'm like, move your arm so I can see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, and don't you just, they just like, and they always quit. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> finished? <laughs> no, you're not. I'm not finished yet. Put it back. I don't know the answer to number seven. But I'm telling you, in school I didn't know the answer. And my favorite test was the multiple choice test. You got a 50-50 chance. God tells us the answer if we seek Him first, if we love Him on purpose. And that purpose, He says that it's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. If we don't allow God to be the person who we're looking to, his will to be known in our life. What happens is we begin to, any person that does not follow God's plan for their life and follow his promises for their life, what they begin to do is they begin to distract themselves with the pleasures of this world. And the pleasures of this world does not produce God's purpose in our life. It kills God's purpose in our life. What are some of those things? Things like pride. Some people are so prideful, they know. They're so prideful, and they don't want to listen. And, and, and it's like God's sending every answer, sending every person to tell you, and you constantly just like, I don't care, I don't care. So prideful, they don't want to change. And it's killing the purpose of God in their life. Procrastination. Some people are cr- procrastinators just, and, and, and actually proud about it. Why are you so proud to be? I'm, you know I'm a pr- procrastinator. No, I don't know that. And God doesn't either. And they intentionally just procrastinate on things that they know they're supposed to do. These are the kind of people that, you know, just they, they can't be on time for anything. Always late. It's, so, it's quiet up in here now. Come on now. This second service. I just struck a nerve. I didn't see now. Ah, uh, this this second service, come on now, come on. Amen. Procrastinating late all the time. Kind of people that set their alarm clock 15 minutes early and still late. Amen. amen. This is how you cover up, you know, when you're like, you don't want you to, you know, you, you, you're you getting hit. You cover it up with an Amen. There was a guy in my church growing up, no matter what my pastor said, he just said amen. And then he, he'd be sleep half the service. He'd be saying sleep, and he'd be saying, Amen in his sleep. Amen. <laughs> pastor said, Somebody left their lights on in the parking lot. Amen. <laughs> amen. 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 So if you're mad, say amen. If you're happy, say amen. If you're full of God's purpose, say amen. <laughs> See, purpose killers are alive in this world. When you put your attention on the things of this world, it kills God's purpose. Like problems in your life. That's not, problems are not there for you to worship and talk about and, and share with everybody. There, there are certain people in your life that you've allowed to kill God's purpose. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in a, purpose, in a person's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Not the pitfalls. Not your past. Not the people. My gosh. God is a God of purpose. Say that. Say God. Say it again. God is a God of purpose. He's so strategic. He's so intentional. Purpose is who He is and He made us in His purpose. Let me just show you how strategic He is. If sun was any closer to planet earth we would burn to death if the moon was any closer to earth we would freeze to death God is a God of purpose every animal no matter how ugly how scary they are they have a purpose a lion knows its purpose the lion doesn't really know that we call them the king of the jungle, <laughs> but he knows that he's the king and she's the king of the uh, queen of the jungle. A lion literally just operates and carries itself like the. I mean, there are way more animals in the jungle bigger than the lion. But why is it that the lion the lion walks in his purpose? I'm the king. And, and other things don't know their purpose. They have purpose, but they allow the purpose of someone else to dominate them. I'm, I'm, I'm not letting anybody else dominate. I'm not letting anybody else telling me what to do, destroying my purpose because, with your purpose. Your purpose, I'm not going to allow it. You think about it in, the, in the jungle. You know, it's amazing to me. In the jungle, uh, animals that got way more power, abilities, but they allow these other animals to just destroy them because they don't, have their, they don't know their purpose, like the wither beast. You ever been watching Discovery Channel and see? <laughs> By the way, if you're watching Discovery Channel, that's a sign. You, you're getting old. you just getting old. That's okay, but that's okay. it's good. <laughs> I, I love the Discovery Channel. But uh, but check this out. I, you know, I was thinking one day, I'm watching, this, I'm watching Discovery Channel, and I'm watching, it'd be like 10,000 Willoughby's and four lions. And they're controlling. Everybody's in fear. They don't know what's going on. I mean, it's like, and then they got... Matter of fact, if it's just a Witherbeast would we'll just stop one minute and understand, hey, wait a minute. I am bigger. I got horns. I will stick them in you. You come, 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 come on up here if you want to. <laughs> and then Witherbeasts are followers. Don't be a follower. Think about it. I mean, like, I mean, if I was a wildebeest, I would think different. I'm just like, you know, I just, I, I would think so much different. Like, you know, we walk in, and all we, we walk in, and they're like, hey, where y'all going? We're going to get something to drink. No, nah, I'll bring me something back. I'm a, <laughs> you bring, Y'all bring, uh, bring me some water. I'll be over here. I'm going to be waiting. I'll wait, wait. Why? Man, I'm not going over there. Why? Every time we go over there, the lions come. <laughs> And somebody died. Man, well, look what happened to Tyrone. You remember Tyrone? That was my boy. He's no longer here, man. Cause, and then they go and they're drinking. And they're they not paying attention to what's going on. And they got their head all down. And then, you know, and, and I can see what people, see, I'm talking about not letting people be purpose killers. Because people are like, oh, man, come on. What's so wrong with that? Ain't nothing wrong, man. Why are you so scared? Come on, man, stop being a wimp. Stop, stop, you know, come on, come on. Don't, don't be a killer of, of this, man. No, no, I'm not going over there. I'm telling you, man, them lions are there. Man, ain't no lions over here. Yes, there are. How you know? Look over there. See all them cameras? That's the Discovery Channel. There's some lions somewhere around here. I'm going to be watching you. On the Discovery Channel, if you go over there, God has a purpose for us, and we cannot allow others to destroy that purpose. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, verse three. My gosh, are you being blessed by this? If you are, give God praise right now. Give Him some praise. Praise God. All praise to God. Verse one says, "The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." And it gave him great pleasure. Oh, my gosh. When you understand this is what God wants to do, God wants you blessed. God wants you walking in his fullness. He wants you to have abundance. He wants you to be able to give and and not worry about anything. He wants you to have all your needs met. He wants you to walk in the fullness of your purpose. It gives him great pleasure when you do it. But you got to stay hungry for God's purpose. The Bible says in Matthew 5 and 6, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. You're never going to be filled with anything else but the righteousness of God. And when you stay hungry for God, God will begin to line up every situation and every circumstance that is critical for what he's called you to do. You're looking at, I'm not perfect. You can look at me and see it. I'm not, but this is the reality. I am not uh, where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. And I remember, God, why do I exist? I remember idolizing the local pimp in our neighborhood that was a drug dealer and, and, and had money and cars and all the things that looked so awesome, but God had a greater purpose for my life. And I, and I gave my life to the Lord at 14, standing on a basketball court in the middle of the projects in, the, in, in Houston, Texas. And, and then God put in me this vision, this purpose to, to be a speaker, to travel the world and minister to people for, for millions and millions of uh, miles and millions and millions of people. God's so strategic. He already knows who needs to be in your life to help you fulfill the purpose. And so I stay hungry for him. I seek his face. I, just got all, I want all of you and none of me, God. I just want you, Lord God. And when you do that, God, just, he just lines up things. Let me show you how strategic he is. Um, 22 years ago, I had the opportunity to go to uh, Africa for the very first time. I went to Cameroon, West Africa. Now let me tell you why it was exciting enough just to say, hey, I'm going to preach the gospel in another country. But it's another thing to preach the gospel for me in Africa. Because growing up, I didn't know where my ancestors were from. I remember going to school and we had school projects and you had to turn in this, you know, the history of your family and we can only go back as far, I can go back as far as Louisiana. That was it. And there were other people, they can go back to, you know, years and years and know where their family was from and the history of their family. But I just knew that, that it was important for me to know where I was from. It was, and so... Um, I just believe in God. And so Africa was exciting to go. And so I went to Africa. I got off the plane and I was in Cameroon. And I get off the plane and I I kiss the ground. And it wasn't to worship Africa or worship. It was like, thank you, Lord. First of all, I remember praying and asking you for this opportunity to preach around the world. But then secondly, I know that somewhere on this continent, my ancestors are from this place. That means something to people. It means something to African Americans. And a lot of people often want to know why uh, African Americans are so passionate. This is one of the things we, some of, we don't know. We know we love God and we know we're in the kingdom of God. But some of us don't know nothing other past a state in this nation. And so here I am in Africa and I'm preaching. And I was invited to preach by a gentleman that's a member of your church. He's here now. His name is John Claude Noah. And um, John-Claude Noah is somebody I haven't um, seen in 22 years. And just to show you how strategic God is, my wife and I get off the plane on Thursday night. We come out, baggage claim, and who's there to pick me up was John-Claude Noah. I didn't know where he was. I had not been in contact with him, but it was very powerful and very significant. Let me continue to explain to you. As I'm there preaching and ministering, in Cameroon, we had a move of the Lord. It was just, the Spirit of God was all over the place. Young people worshiping the Lord and praising God, getting saved, getting filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, finding their purpose in God. And one night, I just got, the Holy Spirit just overtook me, and I just kept going. I left my interpreter. Just literally left my interpreter and just started praying in the Spirit and started speaking in my my heavenly tongue. As I started to speak, it was the Spirit of God just, whew, just went stronger. After the service, there was a group of young people come up to me and said, Pastor Lee, Pastor Lee, how do you know our village language? How do you know the dialect of my language? So, what do you mean? And to show you that I'm not lying, John Claude will tell you, he was here for a service, but John Claude was interpreting for me. And he's telling me that they're saying, You're blessing our village. You're speaking God's power and blessings over purpose and and God's will over our village. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's powerful. I I could have stopped there and just celebrated. And so for for twenty-something years, I just kind of thanked God for that. A few years ago, I had a friend of mine give me a gift. And his gift was from 23andMe. It was an ancestry background check. And I took this test, and not really knowing what it was, I I knew it was going to say Africa. They didn't have to tell me that. (laughs) I'd have been freaked out if they came back and said, you're from France. (laughs) Oui, oui. (laughs) But here's the deal. The test came back and said you're 97% West African Cameroon. I believe I wasn't just speaking in tongues. I believe I was speaking in the original dialect of the people, where God originated my ancestors from. And I've given it all to Him. Hallelujah! I just want you to know that God has already, if you keep your heart right towards Him, and you love Him on purpose, He will arrange every situation and every circumstance and, and that's critical for your success and purpose in this world. I want you to stand on your feet. I'm, I'm out of time. But I just want us to worship him right now. Because as, as, as we're beginning to pray, I'm, I'm believing for God to speak to you right now. Matter of fact, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, just begin to pray. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost right now, I want you to put your expectations on God. Stop giving attention to the problems. And give attention to the presence of God. Father, because in your presence is the fullness of joy. Hallelujah. We thank you for everyday presence, everyday purpose of God being fulfilled in our life. Father, I thank you right now for this congregation, for those who are worshiping with us online. There's no distance in your anointing. And we thank you, Lord God, that we are to love you on purpose first. And as we love you on purpose, Lord God, your word tells us, Lord God, that we, that as we pray to you, that there's unlimited resources that you will empower us with inner strength through the Spirit of God. We make our hearts home to your presence. We trust in you. Thank you, Father, that we're rooted deep in our hearts, your word. Let your will be done in every man. Let your will be done in every woman. Let your will be done in every young person. To that young man that thinks that is cool to do this. Father, I thank you uh, that he will give his heart over to you and be hungry for you to that young lady who's struggling with her identity. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, let her find her identity in you. Because your word tells us that when we let your word grow deep down inside of us, when we let your love grow deep down inside of us, it will keep us strong. And so I pray that your purpose be done in every person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this. Say, Father God, I make a decision now to love you on purpose. Every day, I invite your presence in my life. I believe I have a purpose. I believe I exist to fulfill God's purpose on my life I will not allow anything to kill God's purpose not my past not people not problems not pitfalls will stop me for fulfilling God's purpose for my life purpose lives in me I live on purpose for God if you believe that give him a shout of praise Glory to God, glory to God, thank you Lord.